Warning: Me Time and Murder is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> oh, for God's sake! Here Dancing goes. around him, reciting poetry. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh my God! That's crazy. No. Why? <laughs> oh well, big surprise. Oh God! <laughs> Dead on the bathroom floor. <gasps> Did it? It's okay. Oh. <laughs> Miriam, what are you drinking today? Today, I'm drinking lemon and ginger again, but I picked up Twinings this time instead. I've seen it on offer in my local shop. That is so funny. Dan came mm-hmm. home with Twinings last night, mm. two packs of chamomile, and I was just thinking Twinings must have been on offer. <laughs> it's funny it's on offer here as well. Their tea is superior, you know, but it is good. I, I would wait for the offers as well, usually. It is quite expensive, mm, yeah. It can be. Mm-hmm. But I like... Mm-hmm. You ever know, have you ever seen the kind of um, salted caramel and things that they do? Tea? Yeah, salted caramel tea. No. It's it's, And there's no calories in it. It sounds like there would be, but it's... I don't know how what caramel flavour they add. or I don't, They have some... Sometimes they have specialties like that that you can't really get from other brands. So, like, I don't mind paying full price for those. They're kind of different. There's, I think there's special like a... teas or special <laughs> oh. teas. Oh. Yeah, I used to love the salted caramel one. It's like a little treat. But I don't know if it still exists, but I used to, I was big into it a few years ago. What about you? What are you drinking? I'm. Are you like drinking a Twinings chamomile? I'm not. Cam-y I meal. had one last night and it was really good. I'm just drinking a puka peppermint and licorice. It's quite nice. It's mm-hmm. quite sweet. Um, and you know, I love my puka. It's all Peppermint organic. and licorice. Yeah, the licorice is pretty sweet. What about your pampering today? What are you doing? Well, since it's your go, I am painting my toenails. Oh. They're hideous. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, because you don't have yeah. to. Okay. My hands are free. Very I don't nice. have my, my iPad in my hand. Couldn't tell you the last time I painted my toenails. What are you doing? I am just going to do a little face mask today. It's a Neutrogena Ageless Boost. Mm. It's it's very similar to their sort of like Hydro Boost. Oh, sorry, it is a Hydro Boost. It's part of the Hydro Boost range, um, but it's more Your of favorite. Anti- My favorite range, yeah. It's more of an anti-aging one, though. Today, we're going to be diving into the Hellfire Club that was mentioned in the Darkie Kelly episode. Mm-hmm. I was super interested just to kind of investigate that side of things because it just sounded like super creepy and up our street you know is there a lot of like hell hath no fury like the health is there puns will there be puns I'm not sure if there's puns. I'm not sure if there's puns there were some oaths that they had to like swear in and different things Oh. But they were fairly complicated. and From what I can remember in the Darkie Kelly one, they were mainly drunkards, like mm. rich, drunk men. I know. From what I remember. And they yeah. had to recite an oath. There was, I'm pretty sure there was an oath of, um, just an oath about tomfoolery, really. Just sort of saying, you know. Th- they would do it? That they would, that they would commit to, yeah, to just being idiots, like. <laughs> Yeah, I swear to be a douche. It basically, that's what it boiled down. They could have said it in, in the, that amount of words. I swear the whole douche and nothing but okay. the douche. So help me douche. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. 
So yeah, so just a little bit of history to start off with. Um, so in 1725, William Connolly built a hunting lodge on the peak of Mount Pellier Hill. Pellier. And it's nestled amongst the Dublin mountains. It was said that in order to clear the land for the lodge, he ordered the destruction of a cairn. It's an ancient Irish burial passage. You probably have seen those. You know, they're they're kind of in the little ring. Oh, is it like those little... Mounds. Those little burial things with like little rocks? Yes, pretty much. They are so scary. I know, right? So stones were taken from the burial ground and were used in the construction of the lodge. And they even used the standing stone as the lintel of the fireplace. So the standing stones, you'd be familiar with those. You know, if you go on any walks around Ireland, you'll see stones. They literally are standing up. They're almost like um, human height. I don't know what a standing stone is. You, you will have seen them. They're at like Devonish and Fermanagh. I'm pretty sure there's one there. They do stand out. Like sometimes they'll be kind of like, they'll have carved sort of Celtic patterns in them. Sometimes they have faces. Do you ever remember those? They used to really scare me as a oh! child. Oh, those things. They're well, sort I, of like, I didn't even think what they, those would be called. They're sort of like flat Easter Island statues. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what a standing stone is. They were very important in terms of religious ceremonies and they had a lot of significance for people. So to take one out of the ground and use it as the lintel of a fireplace is just really disrespectful. So the lintel is like, you know, the beam above the fireplace, your, your mantle. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, it was used. So after the construction, the roof of the lodge was destroyed in a storm. And it was said that this damage was paranormal retribution for the defilement of the ancient site. So William Connolly died just four years after building the lodge. Coincidence? And in the 1730s, the lodge came into the hands of Richard Parsons, who would become the founder of Ireland's hellfire club bum, bum, bum. such a cool name but not cool people but a cool name what year are we in i, I just said 1730s oh oh sorry uh, don't worry other people will hopefully remember that <laughs> <laughs> the hellfire club was one of many freemason-esque groups of the same name that were appearing across ireland and britain in the 17th and 18th centuries The clubs were established as meeting places for some of the most wealthy and powerful people in society. With their free time, they would get up to all sorts of antics. Debauchery, drinking, gambling, womanising, and of course, occult practices. Same. (laughs) Just fits in. (laughs) Nicknamed the King of Hell. Parsons. Mm -hmm. What a name. Nicknamed the King of Hell, Parsons... Oh, are you filing your nails? Can you hear me? Can you hear that? Oh, that's even louder now. Oh, no, that sounded shit. Let me start like it. Nicknamed the King of Hell, Parsons, the founder of the club, was particularly fond of practical jokes as his pastime, and his favourite recipients for these jokes were clergymen. This is really weird. Parsons would summon (laughs) a clergyman to meet him, But he would then strip naked before him, which would cause great embarrassment. And that is the end of that sentence, because I couldn't (laughs) find anything more about why he did this. Was Parsons okay? Was Parsons trying to send a message about his sexuality? So basically, Parsons in his house, and he calls the clergyman, 
Either in his house or in the Hellfire Lodge. He's like, hill. I need to talk. Yeah. Serious They shit. come up there. And then they come and he'd be naked. He'd just strip. Oh my God. Which, like, stripping takes time. <laughs> the clergyman had time to walk away, but he decided to stand there and watch him strip. I some Something's going on. Well, not if you're just wearing, like, a shirt and trousers. Yeah, you just I guess you just drop, drop it down. This was, like, a regular thing, and this is what he found hilarious. And it co- would cause great embarrassment. I'm assuming the embarrassment is for the clergyman, that they would be embarrassed yeah, to yeah, see him yeah. naked. But, I mean, it's just... Oh, that, God. Is, it, is he making... Maybe he's saying that the clergyman is gay? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But I think it's more embarrassing for Parsons than it is for the clergyman. The embarrassment should be on him. You should be embarrassed. Should be. You're naked. So when did pranks turn around the other way? I don't know. When was it embarrassing to be naked? Yeah, then, I just got. Really and it used to be embarrassing to be to see someone naked. Yeah, apparently that would cause great embarrassment. So I just find that really fascinating. I was like, oh, is it sort of like flashing? Yeah, it reminded me of like mooning, but mooning. I get mooning. Like I get why it's kind of like an fu to the person. To the other person, but you know, I don't think mooning is as offensive as it's not. It's a bit like more lighthearted. Yeah, showing your your bits uh-huh. at somebody's. A bit yeah, amazing. yeah, he's full yeah. frontal here in front of a Ooh. priest. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, no thanks. So this is what he got up to. This is what he was into. So the exclusive nature of the membership at the lodge and its remote location meant that there are really a mixture of accounts of what actually went on there. But there are some stories that I find that, you know, kind of kept coming up in my searches. One famous story is that while the club members regularly drank scathlene. What is that? Scalthine. Oh, I'm going to say that again which is whiskey and hot butter. Kind of reminded me of, what is that drink at the minute? Harry Potter's drink, the beer and butter. <laughs> oh yeah, it is a bit like that. It's like... Um, the beer butter, butter beer? It's not Be- that. It's kind of like there's a coffee. It's like a keto coffee where people drink black coffee with butter. Bulletproof coffee. Yeah, I did that when I was on Atkins. I lost a lot of weight, but yeah. it's just not because you get the energy from the coffee in the morning, mm-hmm. but then the butter satiates you with the fat. We should not be promoting this. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do no, it. No, do but- not do it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> anyway, so they used to drink this weird drink, and they would sit and they would toast to the devil. Oh. And while they were toasting him, they would always leave a chair vacant in case he ever decided to show up. Gosh, you'll be waiting a while. I know. <laughs> but one fateful night he actually did <gasps> dun, dun, dun. so the story goes that it was a stormy night of course when a stranger knocked on the door of the hellfire lodge the members invited him in and he joined in on the drinking and card games it was only when one of the members dropped a card on the floor and went to pick it up that he noticed that the stranger had Hooves instead of shoes. But side note, Parsons also liked to dress up as Satan. So, <laughs> so he would put and on he, he a would, full frontal nude. He's Satan. either fully nude or fully dressed as Satan. So he would have horns um, and wings and hooves. Uh, so it could have been him. This also really reminded me. Did you ever reach the episode on? The season on Riverdale where who is that guy? The king of 
Oh my god. Oh god it went weird. It man. went really weird. He dressed up and he had like the antlers and Oh my god. Yeah, what was Every that everyone like, probably can remember the name, but I can't remember the name. It was like name. the Gremlin King or something. Something like that. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was like it was a play on Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. It was like it was like caves and gargoyles. The yeah, Gargoyle this, King. Gargoyle King. This is it. a bit like what this reminds me of, the horns and the wings and the hood. It kinda reminded me of that. And probably mm-hmm. looked really crap as well, you know, because because of the time this was. Yeah, they, they didn't have like any hot glue or anything back then. No, it looked crap. But part <laughs> of me thinks maybe it was Parsons just up to his antics. Yeah. So another tale concerns a young farmer. Curious to find out what went on at the meetings, he climbed up the hill and was invited in. He was allowed to witness the night's activities, but was found the next morning trembling and terrified. It was said he spent the rest of his life unable to speak and unable to even remember his own name. Don't oh down. no. What happened to that boy? Don't I don't know down. if I believe that one as much. I don't know would they be so inviting to someone unless they wanted to like fuck around with them, you know. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's something bad happened to him. So um, another famous story was that a visitor to a local farmhouse nearby also went up to investigate the club and he was actually found dead the next morning. So the first guy just couldn't speak. This guy's actually dead. And his lodgings host, so like the Airbnb type host, if that makes sense, you know. It was an Airbnb? Well, like that's the only way I can describe what a lodgings host is. Oh, what is a lodgings host? Like... The, it, it, the B&B it, owner? It's just like the Airbnb host. It's like he's in a farmhouse and he's staying with this guy. And pretty, pretty much this guy feels like he's his responsibility because he kind of died while visiting his residence. That sucks. Airbnb host and the local priest. I don't know why the local priest <laughs> has to get involved. But he, oh, well, God, he's seen enough. Dead. But like you can't give last rites when someone's dead. It's not really time for the priest anymore. But back then, the priest was like... So important. The priest and the, the judge and the doctor yeah. and the this and the that. Yeah, he was up there with people who could actually do practical things. Um, <laughs> so, so they went up to the club to investigate. And when the priest entered, he saw a banquet laid out and a black cat prowling around the room. Oh. But this was no normal cat. It was absolutely huge, and the priest noticed that its ears were shaped like horns. What? Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Uh huh. So, happening to have a small bottle of holy water in his pocket, the priest decided to attempt an exorcism. On the cat? Yeah. I know. Cats don't like water. Don't do oh, it. We're kidding. And this uh, sprinkling of holy water tore the beast apart. I'm sure. Which is kind of gross. When the priest went back outside, however, he found the Airbnb host lying on the ground with his face and neck deeply scratched by strong claws. The cat? So yeah, so I think like the demon or devil or whatever and the cat kind of took one last victim on his way out, you know. The Airbnb host? Yeah, he got it. The Hellfire Club was also said to hold black masses during which they would sacrifice cats. So this cat survived. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense that the devil would be in the cat, which you would, you know, if they're like, they love the devil, but then they also 
sacrifice cats. I don't know. But they also sacrifice servants and maidens, which is obviously very extreme. Uh... And then there's another tale that details about how a young woman was rolled down the hill in a blazing oak barrel. Oh, I, I, she and was I can't find, in a barrel. Yeah, and I can't find any more information about that. Um, Did she live? I don't think so. Was there consent? <laughs> I don't. Like I don't think it kind of reminded me of you know the the cheese wheel game where they roll the cheese down the hill, but like oh god, this was probably not. Well, maybe fun for the men, but clearly not for the lady, I'd say. She definitely, yeah. She probably didn't come out of that. Alive. While some people may be sceptical... Sceptical? Sceptical. While some people may be sceptical about these tales, there are some confirmed events. (gasps) Mm -hmm. This definitely happened. Okay. I'm not sure this sentence makes sense, but I said it anyway. So, Henry, the fourth Baron, Barry of Santry... That doesn't make sense. Baron of Santry. I'm just going to say, okay. Henry, the fourth Baron of Santry, was one of the younger members of the clubs and an angry... So that's how you do it. You just pretend like you know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, you just talk through it because no one's going to actually dissect it. (laughs) One second, I'll just reread it. Oh, my God. Baron, I just got acid reflux. Do you think that's from the porridge? (gasps) It's the porridge! Miriam, this has never happened to me. I think you've, like... You've it's put contagious. psychologically, like, put this in my head. Okay. I am Parsons. That was... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, okay. T-shirt, I am Parsons. Okay. I am Parsons. Oh, my God. I am Parsons. Feel embarrassed. <laughs> Feel embarrassed. <laughs> um, okay. My cat has horns. <laughs> Cat's ears kind of do look like horns, so I'd say it was just... Cats. The Cats ears. are the best. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Another t-shirt. Cats are the best. Okay. Henry. <laughs> <laughs> Just in, in small writing at the bottom of the t-shirt. Oh, I am Parsons. Parsons. Feel embarrassed. Cats, Cats are the best. Are the best. Back. Okay. <laughs> we have a lot in common with this Parsons, I think. The cat loving and the... Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Henry, the fourth Baron of Santry, was one of the younger members of the club. And an angry drunk. One night, he drenched his own servant with brandy and set him on fire. He subsequently burned to death, unfortunately, but obviously. While he was supposedly successful in paying people to look the other way, he was eventually taken to trial and convicted over the stabbing of another servant. So he... Burned one to death and stabbed another to death. Well, I'm actually quite surprised that he the he was tried. I know, for same. Doing yeah, this, you yeah. Know, like especially because they, they were servants. Yeah, it's just like they don't, usually don't mean anything. Yeah, like I think it was like I'll get to the next point here, but I think he was a bit of a troublemaker all round. So he was protected by powerful friends who, nevertheless, mm. seemed to want nothing more than to be rid of him. So he actually was exiled to England and spent the rest of his days alone. So I think people had really had enough of him. I'd say the burning and stabbing was just the tip of the iceberg. I'd say there had been a lot more. And, you know, like he was really causing a lot of trouble for them. You know, they're they're in a secret society, you know, and he's Mm -hmm. drawing attention to them. It was probably the only, well, yeah, you're right. But I was going to say it's probably the only thing that, you know, somebody like witnessed 
you know, like who would yeah. who would like testify. Yeah, he probably did so you much I mean? other crap. But nobody would testify. Yeah. So Henry's trial turned all eyes to the activities of the Hellfire Club, which had a few members feeling the heat. Not mm. long after the trial, several members died in the 1745 Battle of Fontenoy, and slowly but surely the members began to fizzle out. Later, in 1771, there was a revival. So it had had a big fizzle. There was a revival led by adventurer and politician Thomas Buck. Wheeling. Oh. Sorry, the, the, oh. <laughs> the third Wheelie. name was on the second line. Thomas Buck <laughs> Wheeling. I was like, that's such a cool name, Thomas Buck. But then it was like, Wheeling. <laughs> Wheeling. Rebranded as the Holy Fathers, this new group were just as dark as the previous. No way. Mm-hmm. And it was said that they once kidnapped, murdered, and ate a farmer's daughter. Gross. So they even went a bit further. After Whaley's demise in 1800, however, the Hellfire Club did effectively and pretty much permanently disappear. So there are a couple of stories about what happened to the actual building itself or the, you know, the actual lodge. Um, Mm. Many people say that it was engulfed in flames one night and the members were so drunk that they were unable to escape and died in the fire, which kind of ironic, I guess, but... (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure. It's sort that... of like not to bring Jesus into this, but it's mm. like he who lives by the sword dies by yeah, the sword. Yeah, it is a little bit poetic. You know? It's mm. because they did torture so many people in the building, and then the building kind of took them with it, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Others claim that the members set fire to the lodge when the Connolly family refused to renew their lease. So remember, it was William Connolly in way, way back actually built the building so he still owned it and they were just actually leasing this place which is crazy the antics they were getting up to i know it was a lease in a rented, was a rental like in a rental. things that they were getting up to yeah would you ever i don't even hang no. pictures in my rental like <laughs> my god the lodge on, i don't even hang pictures i don't there's very little you can do. Like, they had cats. Yeah. Most rentals don't let you have animals. They have cats. That's not fair. That's not the worst thing they did, but that's one of the things that, you, you know. They held black masses. They held black masses. They assaulted the local priest. Yeah, they stripped naked. They had women. I don't think back in those days you were allowed to have lady friends over, but they had a lot of lady friends. The lodge on Mont Pellier Hill remains a foreboding place to visit, and those who are interested can head up it's a popular spot for both locals and tourists, and it's a much-anticipated stop on a few of Dublin's ghost tours. Oh. Uh, yeah. So I was looking into it, and I was like, oh, yeah, so spooky, like, looking up different reviews and online. Mm-hmm. But some visitors don't seem to be too disturbed by the site. So one visitor comment that I read mm-hmm. was that a lady and her friend climbed up the chimney. What? The chimney. <laughs> the fireplace. Remember? <laughs> remember the fireplace and the stone and the standing stone? Yeah. So that's yeah. like one of the most haunted parts of the actual lodge. She decides, her and her friend, to climb up the chimney. And they find that it's a Bulbasaur nest for Pokemon Go. <laughs> so this was the review that she decided to leave about the lodge. And I'm not sure. Does she know the history? If she did, you wouldn't step foot near that fireplace. Yeah, she actually went up into it. 
Straight up into the yeah. fireplace. Was she there looking for the Bulbasaur? It's like she took the Bulbasaur nest literally. Like it was a nest, like a bird's nest stuck up a fireplace. You know why birds do that? They make their nest, their nests in the fireplace. I thought so, Bulbasaurs were the ground ones, like a turtle. That's what I thought. I just find I just wanted to end it on more of a positive note. So author David Ryan said in a 2012 article that the Hellfire members were actually free thinkers, in his opinion, this is. But I do agree with some of this. They were free thinkers who believed in neither heaven nor hell. Well, I don't know. I think Parsons liked hell a lot. Sorry, I know I said I agree with that, <laughs> but I actually, Parsons loved it. And then you just it. reneged right away. Whilst, so this is David Ryan's quote, whilst there were violent and dangerous members within the club's ranks, most of the members used their bad behaviour as a way to fight back against the church in Ireland and promote a more modern form of thinking. A lot of members were well-educated and practitioners of science, with many being Trinity and University of Cambridge graduates. They would hold discussions in philosophy and science, placing them well out of line with the church and the more traditional members of Georgian society. Hmm. Controversial as they were, they were in some ways ahead of their time, and the idea of them being satanic delinquents most likely stemmed from a poor understanding of science and intellectualism by society at the time. So I just thought that was a really good quote and kind of made me like them a little bit more because I was really hating on them. And I was like, these rich men doing all these. But some of the stories I don't believe. But I'd say some of them were still arseholes. Yeah, there is documented evidence of him being tried for murder. Yeah, so. for sure. Like that definitely happened. And yeah, he definitely did a lot more that we just don't know about. And perhaps he did it in the Hellfire Lodge. What? A number of Hellfire clubs are still in existence in Ireland and are centred around universities and meet secretly. Like, what can you do? There's a Hellfire club at Trinity College that meets in central Dublin and there's one in the Maynooth University and then as, as well as one that regularly meets in Cork. If you are a listener and a member of the Hellfire club, please let us know how to get involved and if... They will make us the t-shirts and give us a They're cat. well pathetic nowadays. <laughs> oh, these clubs carry out similar actions as the original Hellfire clubs, including mock ceremonies and drinking mm. alcohol. Mock ceremonies? So creepy. That's so fun. I want to go. I don't know if I want to go to a mock ceremony. What do you mean? This is a mock ceremony. It's like a play. It's kind of, ceremonies are boring. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's like... The word ceremony to me just sounds long. And so, yeah, so that is the story of the Hellfire Club. And if I do find out any information about uh, the modern clubs, uh, we will put it on the Instagram. But I am not hopeful that... I am very hopeful. Are you? I am not because... (laughs) But, like, I'm sure that, like, they'd probably just meet in the woods with whiskey... It's so like Riverdale. It is like Riverdale, isn't it? Isn't it? I'm actually really intrigued. Of what? Of the whiskey and butter? Yeah. I'd say it's got to be full fat. It can't be like the, veg- the vegetable <laughs> spread that Dan and I put on the toast. All right, guys. Slana Walia. See you on the next one. Bye-bye. Me Time and Murder would like to thank and acknowledge our sources that make this podcast possible. References can be found on our Instagram page.